0: When I got saved, I was pretty clueless. I didn't know much about what was going on. I mean, other, if other people were praying for me, which I'm sure somebody was, I was oblivious. I was clueless. I'm just curious, really. Um, did, did any of you, you know, before you got saved, did you know that somebody was fervently praying for you? Like before you professed Christ, you knew somebody was really praying for you to be saved. Um, how how many would say that that was your t- wow? Was it weird to know somebody was fervently praying for your salvation and you weren't saved yet? Was how many th- how many how many thought it was weird? How many thought it was awesome? How many just were ambivalent? You just didn't know what to think about it. Uh, okay, um, I was 12. I was clueless. I, I, Okay, so look at Luke 18, verse 1. What's Jesus' will for his people? What is it? Luke 18, verse 1. From Luke 18, verse 1, what is Jesus' will for his people? always to pray and to not faint. Right? Do not, he doesn't want us to give up. He wants us to persevere in prayer. <clears throat> now, here's the thing. We need to recognize that God moves us to pray. Only God can move us to pray effectually and he can use anything in life to show you that, but really, God's the one that, that always ends up teaching you to pray. In Romans chapter eight, you're endeavoring, but you can, I mean, none of us can pray the way that we're supposed to, pray effectively as we ought. The Holy Spirit has to intercede on our behalf, and with groanings we could never un- utter. Uh, the Holy Spirit is straightening out our <laughs> prayers to the Father. So the only way you can mess up really, ultimately really fail in praying is just not to pray. Even if you pray poorly, the Holy Spirit is helping keep it sorted out, right? Help keeping it straight before the Father. And then that all falls out to us being conformed to the, to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can check that out in Romans chapter 8. But prayer is born out of an understanding of personal need, right? It's only when you see that God is your only answer, he's your only hope, that God must apply the promises of his word to the need that you're perceiving in your life. So the Spirit of God moves us to prayer by using his word to show us two things. One, the word of God will show you your lack, your human weakness and need. But then number two, the word of God shows you the promise, right, God's promise of provision. Check out Psalm 27, verse seven. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, Have mercy also upon me and answer me when thou saidst, seek seek ye my face. So have mercy also upon me and answer me when you told me to seek you out in prayer. So there is God showing us the need. My heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. So the promise of Scripture is that God moves if we're in accordance to his will. Now, this is an Old Testament dispensation. Um, David, right, the psalmist, uh, isn't living in, a, in, a, in a, a kingdom economy where the believer, right, the born again believer has eternal security. Uh, Their right relationship with God was based, it was conditional based on their obedience. Uh, But don't miss the picture, don't miss the principle here, right? He's praying according to, right? He's responding to God according to the instruction that he gets from the Lord. Psalm 119 verse 57, thou art my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep thy words. I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me, how? According to thy word." And so what you have here is a prayer manual from Genesis to Revelation. There are, there are insights, there are promises, there are things that we can lift back up to the Lord in prayer because they absolutely apply to our lack, our need, uh, our role in, in serving the Lord Jesus Christ in his kingdom. Uh, We want to call on the Lord according to his word. What is the expectation in Psalm 119? Be merciful unto me. How? According to my whims? According to what I think is right? According to my personal standards of righteousness? (laughs) No, according to thy word. But the word of God shows you that. It shows you. You see a promise. You see the principles of God's word, and then you see the lack in your life that is designed to drive us to prayer see real prayer doesn't come out of a heart that says i really should pray today because it's the right thing to do real prayer right it comes out of a desperation that says i must pray for god to be here it is merciful unto me according to his word not i should pray no i have to pray mc hammer got it right we have to pray just to make it today, right? Hammer time. We do. We got to pray just to make it today. Now, here's the thing, okay? The prayer is according to God's Word. You've already, you already know what God thinks about these issues, and so it's like George Mueller said, prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. It's laying hold of God's willingness, what are the things that God wants to do? Well, they're clearly lined out. They're they're outlined for us in his word. So let's trust him for that. Let's call on him for that. You know, we don't come to God to conform him to our will. God uses prayer to bring us into submission to his word. Use your prayer manual, right? Any area of need or lack, what does the Bible say? And then trust the Lord for that. Wait on him in prayer for that. All right. Number 2. This is a pretty simple straightforward thing, but it's it's something that a lot of people new to prayer miss. We, you know, all prayer is made to the Father in Jesus name. And it's not that you can't talk to Jesus, it's not that you can't talk to the Holy Spirit. Uh, but according to the example and the instruction of scripture, right? The example and instruction of scripture is that we make our prayers to the Father, right? He is the Father, that's where we make our requests, and we do that in Jesus' name. Uh, Our rights in prayer are on the basis of what Christ did for us, not what we deserve. Christ buys us, he is our access to the Father. John fifteen sixteen. you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever you ask of the Father, here it is, whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Ephesians three twelve. in Jesus, it's in him, it's in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a heart, a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful that promised. So our prayer, to the Father is through, and in. it's through the person of, it's in the name of Jesus Christ. He is the one who reconciles us back to the Father. It's through him that we have access to him. And so when you pray, Father, here is my request, or here's what I'm giving you thanks for, and I'm doing this in Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen, that's not the stinger at the end of the prayer or at the end of the prose for Christians, okay? It's not the shave and a haircut, two bits, to end every prayer, okay? It's just an acknowledgement that I have this access through the person, the the, the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is this making sense? Um, Lord, please bless mommy, daddy, and the mailman. Shave and a haircut, two bits. No, right? it's not the stinger at the end of prayerful prose. You get, you, you get this, right? So whenever you pray and you make a request and then you say, and in your name, amen, technically, that's missing the mark. Now, did you just commit the unpardonable sin? When you said, this we ask in your name, amen. No, no remember the Holy Spirit's like, he, he, he probably knows, Father, that, 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 that all this access comes through Christ. He just wasn't thinking about it consciously and, and I'm just, you know, here to, here to fill in. I don't know how it works. There are groanings that cannot be uttered, okay, but, but I, I imagine it from time to time. Okay, so you, we pray in Jesus' name. Next, you have to pray in faith. You have to pray in belief. And again, Matthew 21, verse 22. Uh, Whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Now again, we're gonna see in a second, right? The next point is it has to, you, you can be full of faith for the wrong thing, and God's not gonna answer that. Uh, your faith has to be in what, it has to be in submission to, it has to be in a line, in a line, it has to be subordinate to the word of God. Uh, but we'll get to that in a second. Whatever we ask, when we come to God in prayer, we have to co- believe that he is, and he's a reward of those that diligently seek him. We have to come to God, nothing wavering. James chapter 1, verse six says we're to ask in faith, nothing wavering, don't doubt God. If you have him at his word, don't doubt him. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. So God's not interested in your doubt. He's not interested in you know what you think he can't or won't do. God's not interested in that. I mean, when you pray that way, God, hears what's going on and, and here's what I need. But your heart is crying out, I don't think you're hearing. I don't think you care. I don't think this matters to you. I don't think you want to do anything. Guess what? According to your faith, be it unto you. The command of Scripture is to ask, believing. Whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing. That's what you'll receive. Now, again, he's looking for the prayer of faith, but that prayer of faith has to be, here's our next point, it has to be according to God's will, according to God's word. I mentioned that at the beginning tonight. But First John chapter 5, verse 14 Here's the promise. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. So again, we don't pray to convince God of what we think or what we want, right? We don't pray to convince God and bring God to our will. That's not the objective of prayer. No, God, again, uses prayer to conform us to his will, to his word. He's using prayer to box you into his promises. And again, you know, Romans 8, uh, the, 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 the point, you can't miss the close association of proper prayer and the conforming of the believer to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, as you're conformed to the word of God, though, then when you pray, right, as, as if the mind of Christ is dwelling in you, if you're letting this mind be in you, right? If you're, if, you're, if you're being transformed in the word of God by the renewing of your mind in the word of God, okay, what happens now is you start thinking like God thinks and then you start wanting what God wants and then you start asking for the things that God has promised. Does that make sense? When, when our mind is aligned with Christ's mind, well, then I can ask what I want and I have it. Why? Because it's not my will that I'm asking for. It's the will of the Father. Now you ask and receive. But the alternative misses. Here it is. This is the last one. you got to pray with a pure heart. You say, ah, my heart's desperately wicked. Okay, you've got two hearts. Okay? Um, there's the, You've got two natures. Every, again, every Christian needs to read, pray for me. Because I'm, I'm in a really big... Man, would you make this a serious point for prayer? <laughs> We're getting ready to finish up Genesis. I know we need to do a, a prophecy series. We're overdue on that. Prophecy is good for the church. We need to know what the Bible says is coming. Uh, it, it, it keeps our priorities straight. So that's a no-brainer. We've got to do that. But um, there's so, m- I'm, I'm recognizing, I'm fi- I'll be 55, or am I already 55, well, how old are you? <laughs> 50, okay, so I'm 54. Huh? You're 54. Yeah, I'll be 55 this summer. Yes. And I'm already recognizing that, let me tell you, the older you get, the less you care about these birthdays, and they get tougher and tougher to keep straight, okay? I'm recognizing, I'm realizing that I'm running out of time. There's so much Bible that I can't wait to preach, that I can't wait to teach, and i'm not going to live long enough to do it all. I mean, i am just i like all these guys that were solid gold in the bible that i just love. I'm like, why didn't you well, cuz he didn't live long enough to preach the book i wanted him to preach. You know, I, he didn't he didn't live long enough to write the commentary that i wanted him to write. Um, so, i man, I, uh, I i know this. We need to go we need to go through the book of Romans. We need to go through 2nd Samuel. We need to go, I mean, man, we got to go through 2 Timothy and 2 Corinthians. Uh, we need a prophecy series where we just walk through the book of Revelation and Zechariah. Like, we need the, uh, if I live long enough, like my magnum opus, if I could have a, like if God would let me have a magnum opus, it would be the book of, of Isaiah. I'd love to preach the book of Isaiah. Like, there's just so much, there's just not going to be enough time. I'm fit. I'm looking at 55 and it's just not going to get it all done, you know, and so be praying about that, okay? I want to, I want to for the, the time that I have as your pastor, I want to make full proof of it. I want to get the maximum benefit. I want to get the maximum blessing out of that time. Would you pray for me so that the order of the books that we cover come out right and, and we get what we get? I got sidetracked. What was I talking about? I know I was talking about our need to pray with a pure heart. Huh? Oh, yeah, you got two natures, two hearts. Yeah, there it is. Okay, thank you. You've got two, you know, the heart's desperately wicked. Pray with a pure heart. How am I ever going to do that? Thank you. How am I going to do that? Man, you need, this is why I said pray about the books, because in Romans, everybody ought to know Romans 6, 7, and 8 like the back of their hand. Because you recognize, you have two natures. There's the old man, the man of the flesh, and all that is there is condemnation. And guess what? That heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? But then there's the new man, the, 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 the man, the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, man. I mean, the new man Loves the word, lives the word. Uh, this is why we have to walk in the spirit so we don't fulfill, right? We don't end up in condemnation fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Uh, man, it's, it's, it's you've got two natures. There's two hearts there. Uh, we have to walk in the spirit and, and if you've been around here any length of time, you realize that connection between walking in the spirit and walking in the word of God. In Ephesians chapter five, we're told to not be drunk with wine wherein is excess. Instead the command is that we be filled, the command, I mean you are to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. That's an active ongoing command that should be true over your life. And then if that's, if you're being filled with the Spirit then what comes out of your life is, you know, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, you, we end up singing and making melody to the Lord. And then when Paul says the exact same thing to the church at Colossae, in Colossians chapter three, instead of saying be filled with the spirit, he says let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And if the word of Christ is dwelling in you richly, if God's word's dwelling in your heart, guess what's gonna come out of you? The exact same thing as being filled with the spirit. You're speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, we're singing and making melody. Uh, In other words, it's the word of God that comes out of our life. Whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Psalm 66, verse 18 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. It's not that he can't hear me. It's he refuses the request. I've said this before. It's like he's saying, talk to the hand, right? Stop, you're out of bounds, okay? Okay. So if I'm making an excuse for, for sin, for iniquity in my life, God, I, you know, I'm going to continue in sin. Grace is going to abound. No, God forbid. Okay, what I'm doing here regarding iniquity in my heart, I'm excusing it. I'm refusing to repent of it. I'm giving it place. I'm actually honoring it. right? I'm giving it regard. Well, that kills my prayer life. So I have to pray in line with the word of God. If I don't pray the way the Bible instructs me to, I'm praying in a way that's right in my own eyes. And why would I think I have what I ask when I'm being a rebel, when I'm acting like a rebel? Again, prayer, God uses prayer to hem us up, right? To pin us in to the word of God, to the promises of God. And so, brothers and sisters, let's use our Bible uh, as the prayer manual that it is. You know, what is the lack? What is the need in your life? And then let's lift that up to the Lord. How? What does his word say about that lack? What does his word say about that need? And then let's, in full faith, trust him for that. I'm not praying to bend God to my will. God's using prayer to conform me to his. You know, as a believer in Jesus Christ, I mean, the finished work of Calvary justifies me in the eyes of God. It's just as if I'd never sinned. Positionally, I have the righteousness of Christ. Nothing changes that, okay? Even on my worst day in the flesh, nothing can change my standing before God. I'm saved by grace through faith, period, right? When I believed on the gospel of Jesus Christ, that changed everything. Okay, that's my position before the Lord, but tactically, in terms of daily living, God's worth being right with. You don't want to be like a, a wild horse that's got the bit in his teeth trying to go away that's right in his own eyes. Submit to the hand of the master. Submit to what the, how the bridle is pulling you in prayer. Is this making sense? Did I say something wrong? Okay. Sub, right, the, the reins of God, right? The reins of God are pulling you and they're directing you, submit to that. Don't get the bit in your teeth and just bull forward a way that's right in your own eyes. Nothing can change the relationship that you have with God, but you can sure mess up the fellowship that you have with God. Don't be a rebel. Now I don't know, I don't know what you would identify as the greatest need in your life, but can I just challenge you? Start doing some homework and find out what the word of God says about that need, and then get full of faith and start calling on God for exactly that. Lord, here's what your word promises. I'm trusting you for that over my life. This church, the reason that we're here, we're doing what we're doing, and we're having the impact that we're having, uh, we from the beginning, our faith position was, can a little church in the hood rock the nations for the glory of, of Christ with the gospel of Jesus Christ? And we said, so help us God by his grace, we will. And, and we started praying. We started asking the Lord for that. And God answers prayer. Praise the Lord. We're sending a team uh, this summer to, to Vietnam to join the disciples there. Man, praise the Lord. What you're doing here, the prayers that, that started in this place are changing lives. God, through the answer of those prayers, through the opening of doors, uh, It's awesome. Don't let your soul draw back. Don't do that. Don't, don't let your soul get away with going away that's right in your own eyes. That's, that's how the lost live. You recognize the foolishness of that uh, at the point you came to saving faith in the gospel. You knew it wasn't working. So don't go back to it. Don't be like a dog going back to its vomit. You upchucked it for a reason. Leave it there, right? There's a lot that we could talk about in terms of points for prayer. Um, vain repetition, you know, praying the same thing over and over again. I mean, there's just tons of, tons of things that we could look at. But there's a, there's a simple introductory, uh, foundational look at just some points for prayer that, that we'll all do well to be reminded of and, and to implement in our prayer life. Uh, can I pray for you? And then, Eric, are we closing in worship? Yeah, do one, close this out, okay. How many would say, I do have a really great need in my life, and, and man, except God moves, except God makes the promises of his word a reality over my life. There is no hope, there is no help, I see that. I mean, there's a really big problem, or a really big need, or, or some, some area of great lack in my life, and I desperately need God uh, to answer prayer in this area. Is there anybody like that here tonight? Yeah. yeah, okay. Well, I'm going to pray for you. Can we close that way? Just l- let me pray for you and, and seek the Lord for you and then, and then let's just give God praise. All right. Father, Lord, many hands over many different needs. Some of these are relational. And, uh, and, and Lord... You never meant for for husbands and wives to be at war. And so, God, would you enlarge the heart of husbands for their wives, wives for their husbands, parents for their children? Lord, would you open the eyes of children? God, would you turn the hearts of fathers to their children and children to their fathers? God, these areas of relationship, Lord, help us to all esteem one another better than ourselves. Lord, we're trusting you for that. Lord, would you show us that? Would you reveal that to us, uh, to, to our mind, our heart, and our soul that, that people are worth submitting to, they're worth sacrificing for, they're worth laying our lives down over. Some of these things are financial, they're, they're physical needs. And God, You promised to supply all our need. So many of us have made messes of our life because we've been chasing what we want, and and with that has come a, a horrible financial fallout. God, help us to be at a place where we're just trusting you to supply our need, to seek you first in your righteousness and the things that you need. We'll trust you for them. We're trusting you for jobs tonight. We're trusting you for employment. Uh, Lord, for the resources that come with that, we're we're trusting you for places to live. So, God, some of these are are just areas of physical need, but then, Lord, some of these areas are spiritual. Um, the relational and the and the physical need those are those are, I mean, those are straightforward things that we can trust you for. But in the area of the spiritual. Lord, there's, there's, the God of this world is so good at confusing the minds of those that believe not. And so, God, I'm asking that you would open understanding as, as your children seek you, they seek your face at your word. God, I'm praying that, that they'd have the spiritual eyes, that the eyes would be enlightened and they'd see the hope, the promises. They'd see the exceeding precious things that you have for them in your word, and that, Lord, they would not draw back, they would not shrink in faith, but they'd get full of faith. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters that they would not faint, that they would not grow weary in well-doing, that they would continue always in prayer. Lord, we're your children. You're God. And um, the only way that we're going to come out right, the only way that, that, that you'll ever be able to look at us and say, well done, is you, Lord, we see it. You have to work in and through us. And so, Lord, we're trusting you. And for some of us, that needs to translate into the next step of obedience. Uh, for some of us, we need... We just need grace to go to the person that hurt us and say, here's how you hurt me. Or I'm so sorry, I see how I hurt you. Uh, for others, it's, it's getting to work, finding a job. <laughs> for others, it's walking away from something that, that uh, maybe some relationship or some position or some job that has them compromised in terms of their biblical integrity before you. Lord, in all of these things, God, I pray for my brothers and sisters that their heart would believe on your word and that they'd move forward in faith. And so help us, God, by your grace, you will perform what you promised. We're trusting you for that. We're waiting on you for that, and we will not grow weary. Uh, we, We will not faint. Lord, we're gonna seek your face in prayer, and we're gonna do it all in Jesus' name. Amen.